Welcome to the Wellspring Church Podcast. We're an international church family who wants to see Jesus' love transform communities. This recording is a sermon from our Sunday service and will take you deeper into the Bible in a real and relevant way. I want to share something that uh, is just a short thought. Now, this is the evidence this is going to be shorter than normal is because I've got the handheld mic and not the headset mic. Right, that's a good indication. Some of you are like, he's like, I'm so glad. You should have that. <laughs> so, um, but before we come to God's word, can we pray together just for a moment? Because this is, this is a sacred time. This is a holy time for us to open the word together. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that you're a God who loves to speak. And Father, you actually know just what we need to hear. It's not always what we want to hear. But it's always what we need to hear. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would be really present in this time together, just a few minutes, with our Bibles open and our hearts open too. We pray, God, that you'd speak to us. And I pray, Lord, that my words would not get in the way of yours. For the glory of your name. Amen. Amen. We've had a, a real celebration in the Roberts household this week. The end of secondary school education. So, so our youngest, David, finishes A-levels on Tuesday, and uh, what an amazing relief that is for all of us. Um, our eldest two daughters are, um, are still studying, so it's not a complete end of studies, and uh, if David gets uh, in to do his, uh, no, I was going to say something really terrible, no, uh, if David gets into the university of his choosing, then he'll carry, the study carries on. But I was thinking this week about um, some of, uh, and I hope that anyone else actually just done A-levels or exams, just give us some indication, just, okay, a few hands going up, a few here, all right. So I, I'm going to share with you some really helpful parenting. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Repeatedly in my household over the last few years, from, all the, from the first GCSEs and now to the final A-levels, this has been a little thing that I've told our kids. And I believe, I hope it's been helpful. It doesn't matter. Because there's so much pressure on, uh, on our kids to, to be successful academically that I felt the heart of God is more like, it just doesn't matter. And I'm going to talk today about qualifications. I'm going to talk about the ultimate qualification. Because with all this focus on academic excellence, there's a danger, and this applies to all of us, not just those who are waiting for results now, uh, but it's actually for all of us. There is a qualification in the kingdom of God that is the ultimate qualification that is more significant and more impactful and more fruitful than anything that the world could ever say was an achievement. Can I hear an amen? Does anyone want to know? It's a really simple thing. And for some of us in this room, it's going to be like, yeah, I knew that. That was just Tim talking for 15 minutes. For at least one or two people here, you're going to remember this talk because it's what you need to hear today. You need to hear today that your achievements do not define you. They must not define you. And if they, if they do, you'll find yourself in a trap of your own making. I want to set you free now from the expectations and the pressures of people around you or the education system around you and tell you that whatever you achieve academically in the kingdom of God, really, it doesn't really 
matter. Of course we want to study hard, we want to do well, but uh, I just want to tell you to you today, the people I most admire in life, I don't know what their qualifications are. The people whose lives model the life of Jesus to me, that I see that I, oh, I want to be like them one day, I don't know what degree they got. I don't know. I don't need to know. But there's something in their lives and in the fruitfulness and productivity of their lives that doesn't show that they passed an exam or they got a grade nine or a grade six. That's irrelevant. Something's happened in them that God has done that is greater than any education system can provide. Is this helping anyone? Is this helping anyone thinking about your, your CV? Thinking about the things that you put on your LinkedIn profile? Those things, honestly, in the kingdom of God, those things really don't matter. I want to talk about what the ultimate qualification is. Uh, Just yesterday, I nearly missed the deadline. I went through a process of of renewing my subscription as an Assemblies of God minister. Yeah, I'm an Assemblies of God minister. At the moment, anyway. And uh, I'm accredited. Now, 25 years ago, when I applied to do the, uh, to become, in fact, I didn't even know this was a thing. We'd agreed to start leading Watford Community Church. We said, yes, it was all in play. And then someone knocked on my door and said, oh, by the way, you need to become a minister. So I didn't know that. I was just, we were just asked to lead the church, right? Oh, no, you've got to become a minister. I said, well, what if I don't want to become a minister? What if I just want to lead the church? And they said, well, that £100,000 that's in Watford Community Church bank account uh, can only be handled by someone who's a minister. Otherwise, you'll have to give it back to Assemblies of God. So I applied to be a minister. (laughs) And uh, with that money, we actually bought a building on Market Street that paved the way for us to be here. So uh, there's a good end to that story. But now... And I have to confess, I'm part of the architecture team that are looking at leadership development of ministers in the Assemblies of God. Now, 25 years later, they have a thing called continuous professional development. Does anyone have that? Does anyone have performance reviews? Does anyone have to, uh, anyone subscribe to a chartered this or a chartered that? Okay, there's a few people. So we now have uh, professional standards. <laughs> well, that's, that's on the paper anyway. So, um, and... <laughs> And so I fill in this form. It's now a 15-page form to fill in every year, isn't it? Now, Magdi is an accredited minister with Assemblies of God. See how impressed everyone is. Listen, I'm telling you, it doesn't matter. Listen, if you've got until the 30th of June, Magdi, that's very soon. Uh, I'm just speaking to your wife, Susie. Can you help him? Show him the clicking the mouse thing. Show him how to do that. That would be good. So one of the questions, I think it was on page nine that I'd say, is what is your highest qualification? This was the question. They're collecting data about uh, everything to do with race. About, but what is your highest qualification? And I was looking for the qualification that's in my talk today. I was looking for it as one of those radio buttons in the form, you know? And it had like a bachelor's degree, postgraduate degree, uh, all these different degrees. And there was nowhere that had simply this, surrender. Nowhere that simply had this, availability. You see, the ultimate qualification in the kingdom of God is simply this, availability. 
That's, that is the ultimate qualification. That is all that God asks of us. And that's all he needs of us, is for us to surrender. And in a world that celebrates abilities, oh, this person's good at this, and that, person, and that person's faster or stronger or better looking or has more likes, or that person seems to just kind of flow through the exams and yet I'm really struggling. And all the self-esteem issues that we have, most of them are connected to our achievement and our ability. But I want to encourage you today that we have a God who looks from a different angle. And the kingdom of God is different. He doesn't judge us according to our ability. He invites us on a journey based on our availability. That's the ultimate qualification. And it's amazing what God can do through people who are available. Is this helping anyone today? Yes. Now, the prophet Isaiah, uh, we, we sing his uh, prophecies every Christmas. He was the first person to crystallize the idea of God being Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet Isaiah talked about Emmanuel coming. He prophesied where the Messiah would be born. He prophesied where the Messiah would do his ministry. Hundreds of years before Jesus was actually born, we understand the power of the cross in terms of the prophecies of Isaiah, as well as what was written after Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected and ascended into heaven. Isaiah is a pivotal figure in the whole of Scripture. And I'm telling you, he got in a lot of trouble. A lot of people hated what he said and did not like what he did. But in this famous little passage, I just want to point out to you, his qualification was not eloquence. His qualification was availability. In Isaiah chapter 6, it says this, It was in the year King Isaiah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other. And this is, by the way, what John would hear in his vision of Reve on Patmos, of Revelation. is a sight into the eternal throne room of God. And this is what the angels are singing. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Their voices shook the temple to its foundations. And the entire building was filled with smoke. Then I said, it's all over. I'm doomed. For I am a sinful man. I have filthy lips or unclean lips. And I live among a people with filthy lips. Yet I have seen the king, the Lord of heaven's armies. Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a burning coal. He'd taken from the altar with a pair of tongs. He touched my lips with it and said, See, this coal has touched your lips. Now your guilt is removed and your sins are forgiven. That's a profound foretelling of what happened to each of us who are in Christ. We're now forgiven, which man, we can be useful because of Jesus, yes? Anyway, verse 8, Then I heard the Lord asking, Whom should I send as a messenger to this people? Who will go for us? I said, Here I am. Send me. Isaiah discovered the ultimate qualification that put him in the history books. It wasn't him, it was his surrender. It was the degree to which he was willing to go and do what the Lord asked him to go and to do. I'm not sure how qualified he was, but I believe he was available. Here I am, send me. I want to invite you to think about this in your own personal life. To what extent are you honestly in your heart of hearts saying today, here I am, send me. 
Here I am, use me. Here I am, redirect my life. Here I am, have all that belongs to me. Here I am, uh, use my mouth to speak your truth. Here I am, use me to bring about justice in the world. Here I am, warts and all, brokenness and all. I'm a person of unclean lips. I don't have even my own merit to bring to you, Lord, but here I am, send me. God is looking for people that will live life that, that way. And that is where the eternal fruit comes from. And you'll see it in the lives of many, many people. You might have heard of Jackie Pullinger, a, a really amazing hero of faith. She had a calling to go to Hong Kong to work amongst the most desperate, amongst the addicted, amongst the forgotten, the marginalized. And she went to Mission Society and said, I, I've got a call of God in my life. And do you know what they said to her? You're not qualified. <laughs> Maybe if she was a man, it would have been different. But when she went, she, they said she was not qualified. Guess what? By the grace of God, she went anyway. Compelled by the Lord, she went anyway. Now, I'm not suggesting, I, I don't even know enough of the detail to know whether whatever happened there. But the truth is, since then, for decades now, she has seen people miraculously set free. She's seen God at work in one of the forgotten poor areas of that neighborhood. In fact, that's had ripple effects around the world. Now, there are people around the world that received healing and deliverance as a result of Jackie Pullinger's availability. She said, here I am, send me. There's a passage in the book of Matthew that kind of explains to us a little bit about the journey of the disciples. You see, in the early days of, of Jesus' ministry, he was talking a lot about the kingdom of God is coming, the kingdom of God is at hand, the kingdom of God is near. And if you imagine the gospel stories begin, obviously, with, uh, with the nativity, with his birth, and then they gradually, imagine them slowly, kind of story by story, gets closer and closer to Jerusalem. And over that three-year period, Jesus becomes more and more aware of what's actually going to happen to him. And as I believe he becomes more aware and more cognizant of that, he then starts talking to his disciples. I'm going to Jerusalem, and all the rulers, they're going to hate me, they're going to beat me up. They're going to, in fact, they're going to kill me. They're going to humiliate me. They're going to kill me. But don't worry, three, day, three days later, I'm going to rise again from the grave. But the disciples are listening to this. And Jesus is intent. I am going to Jerusalem. I am going to be crucified. I am going to defeat death on the cross. I am going to emerge from the grave. He's determined. In the famous passage, Peter gets in his way and says, no, 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 Jesus, that'll never happen. I can't, no, I can't let that happen. And in that famous, he says, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. And after that, this is what he says to his disciples. In Matthew chapter 16, 24, Jesus says to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross. Remember, he's talking about taking up his cross. He says, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And many of us find ourselves programmed by the world around us, programmed by the opinions of others, programmed by achievements, programmed by LinkedIn profiles, profiled by all these external things, and we're trying to hold on to our life. And I want to encourage you today, that is a futile exercise. Because trying to hold on to your life, you'll actually lose it. 
Jesus says, no, actually, if you give your life to me, take up your cross, which means absolute surrender. It means actually to be dead to yourself, to to live in that way, to to surrender, to be available. Jesus says, by being available, by being surrendered, that is where you will receive your salvation. I know this is simple, but over the many years, it's the most simple things that are most challenging. Over the years, many of the things that I've heard that have challenged me most, I've heard 10, 15, 20, 30 times. Are you available? Are we, as a church, available? Because when we are, the ripple effect of a whole group of people surrendered to Jesus, really surrendered, really available is incredible are we available the world celebrates ability and achievement the father is looking for surrender so first thing I want to say when it comes to our work party today um, the vision behind this is not just to get some stuff done The vision behind this is that God will see our hearts. Is that God, you've given us this building and we are grateful for it. You've given us this piece of land. Amazing, if you don't know the story, we paid nothing for this piece of land. It was a gift from Watford Borough Council because they thought we were good news for the community. We pay a thousand pounds a year ground rent for the remaining, how much is the lease left? How much is the lease? 118... 89 years left on the lease. A gift from the council. We want to say to God, we recognize this is a miraculous gift. And so what, God, see our hearts because we're going to clean the glass together. See our hearts because we're going to look after it together. We're going to get rid of the weeds. That's, that's really what this is about. It's about our hearts. But more than that, it, it's about a posture of surrender. And it's like saying, here are my hands, Lord, use them. But it's not just about today. It's about your Mondays and your Tuesdays. It's about the attitude that you have waiting for exam results, really. It's about the anxiety level that you allow to kick in when it comes to which university or next place of work or study you go to. It's about the anxiety that the Lord doesn't want you to live with when it comes to that job interview or how you build a CV or build credibility or followers, all those things. All those things we strive for. I just sense the heart of God to say, is, look, just trust me. Leave it with me. Leave it with me. I've got you. I've got you. You're like, well, I don't have me. So no, 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 you don't need to. I've got you, says the Lord. So make yourself available and see what I can do. And as a result of that surrender, don't be surprised if God rearranged the furniture in your life. Don't be surprised if you do really mean this as we come to sing together, as you come to respond. Don't be surprised if God rearranges some of your priorities. Because if you're really available, you say, okay, God, this is uncomfortable, but I'm trusting you. We surrender control. I wonder if the band could come and join me here. And we're going to sing a simple song that I feel like I've been singing since I was three years old. It's a song of availability. We're going to give it all to the Lord. And I encourage you, if you're here today 
And if you've never done that to God before, if you've been living life your own way, I encourage you to make a change today. And all it simply means is saying yes to Jesus. It means, it means confessing your need for forgiveness. Think of Isaiah. He says, I'm a, a man of unclean lips. Then the Lord acts, cleanses him, says you're forgiven. If you need to receive the forgiveness of the Lord today, then reach out to him as we sing. And in our hearts, God, we want to say today, at home and in this room, we want to say, God, help us to really let go. Help us to trust you. By your Holy Spirit, help us to truly be available. And Lord, through us, do it unimaginably great things, Lord, because we're surrendered, not because of us. To you be the glory today and tomorrow and always. Amen. Let's sing together. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged by what you've heard. If you'd like to know more about Jesus, Wellspring Church, or how you can grow with others in faith, connect with us by clicking the link in the episode description or by joining us on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. in person and online.